Coming up on this episode of Belief Hole. Consider a story, a story of twins separated at birth. Unknown to each other, they live completely separate but near identical lives. They pursue the same career, buy the same model of car, marry women of the same name, have the same proclivity for sweet corn on their pizza. Stranger things have happened, or have they? On this episode of Belief Hole, we step through the mirror into shared dreams, twinular telepathy, synchronistic deaths, and the concept of bifurcated destiny. One soul split in two, living parallel lives, but unified in a singular fate. So keep an eye out for doppelgangers and watch out for unfamiliar reflections in your mirror as we prepare to explore the curious world of twins. Synchronicity, Sasquatch, Homunculus, Alien Races, Satanism in Hollywood, MK Ultra, Tartaria. There's like a whole. I've been watching this one guy. Like, Close the door, it. Jury! Close your door! What's the uh, Inner Earth Disagreements? Ghost Dad! <laughs> I like that movie. Dogman, Bohemian Grove, Corey Feldman, Magicians are Demons, Specters, Spirits, Sleep Paralysis, Strange Disappearances, Sky Whale Phenomena, yes. Alternative History, Shadow People. Shh, quiet, I'm trying to say words with the mouth. It's getting dicey out there. Poltergeists. That's cool. Anunnaki. What is the moon? <laughs> Elf Towers. I would never talk about it. That's old. Y2K. Cover ups. Apocalyptic catastrophe. Vampire. Well, hello, hello. Hello, hello. Welcome to Believeful. I'm Chris. I am John. And I'm Jeremy. And we have a special episode for you today. They're always special. I know, but this one's extra special because it's a very relatable topic. You could say it's two times special. Today we are doing twins, ESP, parallelism, and chronogenetics. Ooh, I don't know what two out of three of those things are. And I will let you know. I'm going to inform you. So the the kind of things we're getting into today are going to be ESP, which you know what that is, obviously. Mm -hmm. Extrasensory perception. So we'll be getting into some ideas of telepathy, parallelism. We'll get into that. Um, Synchronistic deaths, which is very sad. Because when it comes to twins, it seems to be a phenomenon. I think it's happy. You would. You go to Heather. You go to Heather. Go together. (laughs) That's true. Heather's very warm and welcoming. (laughs) I mean, especially, are you talking about twins? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it is sad, but it's also, they can't live without each other. In some cases. So you better make sure that one of you doesn't go prematurely, because the other one is probably not going to be around very long, and I'll get all the Christmas presents. For those of (laughs) you that don't know out there, two of us are twins, Chris and I. Identical. John the eldest and the wisest, as we've heard. And the most handsome. Okay. But yes, we are, and it's led to a very interesting, strange life, and John can attest as being an observer of the weirdness of twins and having to deal with the weirdness of twins. It's a strange situation. And there are different types of twins. And I thought we could briefly touch on that real quick just to let people know. Yeah. Before we do, I wanted to ask, why is this paranormal? Or how does it connect to the idea of kind of a more magical universe that we kind of dig into on a regular basis here in the Belief Hole? The unified field. <laughs> what? Fancy, mysterious word. <laughs> you never heard of the unified field? Yeah, but I'm wondering how it applies here. 
Well, if through telepathic connections and uh-huh. stuff like that, yeah. if we're all connected to the unified nice. field, that's how okay. it, it transfers. Oh, you just were saying a word. No. And that's right. I mean, twins are a perfect study example of the theory of unified field. We'll get into that a little bit later too, because we're going to talk about why they're good candidates for looking at humanity as a whole when it comes to extrasensory perception. And specifically, twins separated at birth, right? Yes. Not surgically, but people who are- right. Removed because of like environment adoption or something. Exactly. Yeah. Or you know, like tiger attacks and um, tiger attacks. How like does a that bun- happen? Like a river bundle where you put someone in a river. I don't know. Like when the tigers are coming, you put one in in the river, <laughs> right. so they chase that. <laughs> well, one. You throw one at the tiger to slow them down, so we get one away. And safely. when they survive, you get great stories of twins separated <laughs> by tigers. Probably happened at least once. Yes. Yeah. Sure. I'm sure everything's happened. If once. not in this possible world, another one. Honey, a tiger! Quick, grab the baby. Send him down the river. <laughs> Throw Jeffrey. I don't know why that was my example. Jeffrey, not, I'm sure that was his name too. I mean, that that example's not even in this episode. I don't know why that came to my mind, but I thought it was colorful. It was um, fascinating. Back to the topic here. Yes, what you're saying, Jeremy, absolutely. The paranormal aspect of twins, or at least in the way that it's not understood yet by mm-hmm. science, which leads to some really interesting things, like crimes committed by twins who are separated by millions of miles on the same day, maybe haven't met. Tendencies for identical twins specifically to have things occur in their lives at the same point. Strange sometimes the way that reality itself almost creates coincidences around yes. the twins. So it's not it's not just that there are genetic things, which we'll get into. That's the chronogenetic part where like at some point your genes do something at a point in your life. Puberty is a good example of this, right? Mm-hmm. Or your hair starts to fall out at a certain time in your life. Too soon. Too soon for most of us. Um, but twins are a great example of studying this because you can compare the differences, but we're going to get into some spooky aspects of that. And at the end, we might get into some spooky action and distance related to twins. Yeah. I think the thing I'm most fascinated by is the idea of parallelism, which you kind of talked about, which is, uh, if something happens to twins that are separated, maybe at the same exact age, they marry a woman with the same exact name who has a dog with the same exact name and they get a job. Is this a story that happened? These, these are examples and we're going to get into a couple of those. That's just mind-blowing. And that, that yeah. And sorry, but I, yeah. I was going to say that, yeah. what fascinates me about that, <laughs> that kind of parallelism, I think is the word for it, but it reminds me of kind of a bifurcated uh, destiny, if you will. The idea that like, we may have a destiny and maybe before you're born, you are programmed. I mean, you could say simulation theory, you could say design, intelligent design, a purpose, whatever it is, you have a fate. It would seem, and these are examples where like, well, if you're born together as a singular person, you would experience this life path. But if you're separated, but you're the same genetic identity, you came in at the same time, maybe a split soul, possibly, Mm -hmm. you both experience the same exact things, have the same life plan, just apart. And I think the interesting thing is when identical twins are together, like Chris and I, that doesn't happen so much potentially because you act as a mirror for each other. So maybe Chris and I were supposed to meet, you know, a girl named... Tethuselah or something. Oh, and those sexy Tethuselahs. And get married. And as one person, this was our plan. We were supposed to get a job at like, I don't know, Dirk Diggler's Corp of Golf. 7-Eleven. Manufacturer. Or 7-Eleven. And Dirk so, Diggler. So there's that whole trajectory of our life path. But since Chris and I are together, and because you and I are experiencing it together, you know, you may go for that job at Dirk Diggler's Golf Manufacturing Corp. <laughs> and since you got that job, I might look at that and be like, ah, I'm going to sell cars. Right. I don't want to do that. You so because be I see the reflection of that life path, that destiny, I choose differently. That's why when you see twins separated, they may be more alike, have more right. a path that's more similar than twins that are actually together because they're operating a shared destiny that was maybe meant for one person. Yeah, they don't have the split. reflection to see and be like, okay, I'm going to choose a different way. Yeah, that's just my theory. I mean, it's such a weird... That one specifically is so weird because, you know, you could explain it away 
if it was like, you know, they both went into the same field right. of study, you know, things that aren't dictated by like random chance exactly they both get hit by a car by a guy named yeah, greg that's, that's like that's design. other dimensional kind yeah. of you simulation know, or destiny exactly yeah the, the most extreme of these obviously because again you can say like chronogenetics everybody experiences that where you have an expression of genes at a certain time of your life everybody has that programming that way right but when you have a programming for example of you get hit by a car by a cab driver and then a year later, your brother gets hit by the same cab driver, and the person who is a, happens to be a passenger with that cab is the same person a year later experiences both the death on the same road of the, of the person being hit. Seems impossible for that to be Seems like a it coincidence. Was, like it had to happen. Right, and that's one example that we'll get to later. Final destination type stuff. Final destination, yeah, exactly. A lot of weird stuff, which is, it was pretty sad to read. I mean, this was a fascinating topic for me, being a twin, it was also sort of traumatic. A lot of <laughs> yeah, sad, Chris, Chris kept looking at me like, don't die too soon. <laughs> I don't want to go too. <laughs> There's like, we'll get to that too, sympathetic consequences of, of close twins. And unfortunately, Jeremy and I are statistically the closest kind of twin besides conjoined. I was looking this up because I knew we were monoamniotic, which is you share not only the placenta, but the amniotic sac. Mm -hmm. There's no separation inside that. We shared it, but you hogged a lot. You of guys it. were like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so actually, John, if you want to look at it, you can. I no, have, thanks. Okay, I have a little graph in there. Um, so you've got fraternal twins, right? They develop from two separate eggs and grow in their own amniotic sac. So they're two separate eggs that are fertilized. And then they grow completely separate. What was the first one? Fraternal. Oh, okay. That's where you get sometimes girl and boy. They're not identical. They don't look quite as much as alike. Right. It's more like brother and sister who are born at the same time because right. you have two eggs and mm -hmm. two sperms. Or one born and one not, which leads to some haunting situations. Right, we'll get to that we'll later. We'll get to that. We have a story from a listener of the show and fellow podcaster, Heather, from the fantastic show Freaky Deaky, which you guys should definitely check out. We'll play that later, but it's pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, They're fraternal. Yeah. Now, the next one, identical. So, identical twins develop with one fertilized egg and can share the same placenta. They have two separate amniotic sacs, rarely one. But that type, that rare one of identical twin is monoamniotic, which is what we are. Represent? Yeah. And so, monoamniotic twins occur when a single fertilized ovum or egg results in identical twins that share a common placenta and amniotic sac. Monoamniotic twins are very uncommon, representing approximately 1% of identical twins and less than 0.1% of all pregnancies. And I looked this up because I was curious. I always heard we were allegedly very close to being conjoined. If something hadn't happened during the gestation process, we stuck together. Apparently, there's four days. There's a four-day window where if we hadn't divided our zygote or whatever, whatever's going on in there, if we hadn't split in that four-day period, we would have been connected. John's face is in disgust right now. <laughs> I would have left. I would have left the family. You're conjoined. I'd be like, my brother's a disgrace. <laughs> Bathing together the rest of their lives. <laughs> not by choice, not by secret. I've seen those documentaries where they are, you know, joined. Uh-huh. And then like how they discuss about lovers that they have. Uh-huh. Oh, it's wow. It's so wild. Yeah, because they're like, well, I'm there, you know. Yeah. Can you imagine that? I don't know how it works. They're sleeping with someone and they said they just have to... Like look away? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's essentially like... You look over at your return and they're like, can you give me some privacy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty crazy. What a life. But it's that like, be. they do it out of respect. Yeah. Yeah. You're like this is my time with my partner. Right. I mean, I just can't hard. imagine that. Yeah. You ever see, remember, crazy. remember Stuck on Me? That was a great movie. Stuck on You. It was Stuck on You? I think so. With uh, Greg oh. Kinnear. Greg Kinnear was no. Owen Wilson. They play no, like. No, no, no. It was Greg Kinnear and uh, yeah, Matt right. Damon. Oh, was oh, that who it was? Yeah. Terrific. Owen Wilson would have been a better pick. Well, that's what was nice. He was the unsuspecting underdog. Great movie. Anyway. 
But that closeness, right? I think that's where we get the window into humanity's more paranormal extrasensory abilities. And by looking at the cases of twins, especially when separated and their strange chronology and matching pattern of their lives point to, I think, so many possible theories behind that. Yeah. You know, we'll get into some of those theories at the end, but we're going to tell some fascinating stories. It's interesting too, the the in-syncness, thinking about the word that close to could being conjoined. With the conjoined twins, obviously, like you... I don't know how it works specifically. If someone controls the legs or does one control each leg? Like you have to figure out how to walk. I feel like that stuff becomes so synchronic. It's done simultaneously without thinking. It has to be instinctual at a certain point to function. I don't know how it all works. Sometimes it's just like the head and upper body. But I think some of it is a shared motion, each arm potentially. But it just reminds me of me and you, how it's like, the amount we work in tandem or like we have to, we don't have to really talk to each other to function together. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, it's just, just so, and a lot of it's through practice, obviously living and growing up together. I mean, that can happen too with people that exactly. are really close. Yeah. If you're constantly with someone, you, yeah. you can even think of the same thing at the same time. It's like you're on the same wavelength. Exactly. And that's the critique you'll find in a lot, a lot of things I came across were skeptical arguments. There's one specific, I can't remember his name, who wrote a book that's, that's spread a lot on articles about twins, basically debunking the idea that there's anything extrasensory going on. What a turd in the a little bit of Always got to be those guys, out <laughs> you know. There. But his, I mean, his points make sense as far as like, yeah, yeah, it's good. Everybody has. You were married to someone for a long time. You're very close friends with somebody. You can have these moments where you you finish each other's sentences, that kind of thing, right? So was he discounting any connection just between twins or any connection at all between anybody? Well, he was starting with the concept from what I was reading of disassembling the idea that twins have any that there's anything phenomenal or special going on between identical twins more Compared than there would be with a friend. Else. Right, it's not just environmental. But the end of that was also, it's just spending time together. It's not like some right. sort of extrasensory thing. He was, I think, across the board, kind of like, yeah, nothing special happens. like an idiot. <laughs> but there was a study- <laughs> a little close-minded. Just kidding. There was a study done in the 80s, and the gym twins were a part of that. Oh, yeah. The gym twins? Gym twins. There were two twins separated at birth in the 40s, and both of them were named Jim. By the separate parents who didn't know each other. That's wild. And that's just the start. Isn't yeah, it? actually, yeah. This is actually one of the stories that Freaky Deaky's diving into on there. They're doing a twin episode too, but the Jim twins they'll get more into. But I wanted a bullet point. There was Jim Lewis and Jim Springer. Obviously, both born in Ohio, but they grew up in different towns in Ohio. Dude, almost all of my dude examples uh-huh. like Canton, Ohio, Akron, Ohio, Cleveland, Ohio. Of this Weird. twin stuff going Twinsburg. on. Twinsburg. We have Twinsburg, Ohio. That's true. With the festival. What is it about Ohio? I don't know. Twins. I don't it's know. It's very weird. It is like, I wonder if it's the Twin Capital. I mean, with the festival, obviously. And that's where we are, in case people don't know. Yes, we're here. Anyways, so James Lewis, or Jim Lewis of Lima, Ohio, was adopted in 1940, just three weeks after he was born. He was named James by his adoptive parents and had a dog named Toy. As a schoolboy, he enjoyed math and carpentry, but never spelling. He went on to marry a woman named Linda. These are all important details. Later, he had divorced Linda, and he married a woman named Betty. He had a son named James Allen Lewis, Worked as a security guard, drove a Chevrolet, and was an avid chain smoker. James Springer of Pico, Ohio, his brother obviously, was adopted in 1940, just three weeks after he was born. He was named James by his adoptive parents and had a dog named Toy. As a schoolboy, he enjoyed math and carpentry, but never spelling. He went on to marry a woman named Linda. Later, he and Linda divorced, and he married a woman named Betty. He had a son named James Allen Springer worked as a deputy sheriff, drove a Chevrolet, and was an avid chain smoker. And then in 1979, they met. Isn't an avid chain smoker, like, redundant? <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I guess you could quit a lot and then start chain smoking <laughs> That's again. That's usually not how it works. That's though. a really good point. 
Fascinating. Anyway, so they they ended up meeting in 1979. I saw a clip. Where did you see? Is this an article? Like where? Yeah. Where is this coming from? I mean, is there like a there's picture also, of these? There's two also on, they're on a Johnny Carson. So, so this like, is all corroborated. Oh yeah, then. Okay. yeah. This isn't that unusual. Yeah. This is them now. They found each other in the 80s, but that's them now. Oh my god, that's exactly like. Yeah, dude. So it's crazy. And they they were both in towns in Ohio. Imagine like running into the other one. I mean, yeah, that happens a lot in these cases. It does. Actually, people are finding each other on social media now because someone's friend will be like, "You look just like this person I've been following." Yeah. And then, then they meet and are they usually like adopted or something? Mm-hmm. Did yeah. they not tell people? That yeah, they a were lot of twins? times they won't tell. That yeah. seems kind of cruel. Yeah. Well, and even Jim, I think it's well, Jim. They're all Jim. It was Jim. Jim Springer said, you know, he always felt like an emptiness and didn't know why. And then when he met his twin, it was like. Yeah. It was like he was complete, you know. But so this whole thing with the gyms, this became a part of the study done between 1979 and 1999, where they studied 137 pairs of these twins that are separated to study the difference between environment, nature versus nurture, essentially. Like, what are you born with? What comes with you? What choices you make? Are you destined in a way? And what what is environment? In some of these cases, they're just too out there just to be able to say, you know, it's uh, it's just environment. Yeah. It's what you're around. You know, like, how does the universe give you you know, yeah, I think things. one of the one of the most interesting things in there is because you can say, well, you know, maybe genetically there's a predisposition to be avid chain smokers, or to yeah. buy a Chevrolet, or to buy a, well. But I think <laughs> the weirdest one in there is well, obviously marrying a Linda, the marrying a Betty, maybe coincidence, but naming your dog Toy. Yeah, I don't both name their dog Toy. I don't know if they like, named it. They might have had the dog. Well, everything I read it was they named okay, it. Okay, okay. But either way, yeah, there are those cases where the universe seems to conspire coincidences around them, and they're not even in their decisions. And we'll get into that. Yeah, yeah. It just it lends itself to like an overall destiny. Yeah, exactly. Not probably there, just like all of our lives. And that goes to the parallelism in my idea of the bifurcated destiny, because when they were apart, they lived the same trajectory with all those little nodes we mentioned with Betty and Linda and Toy, their job, everything. And then now that they've been together, they start to diverge. Now that they can look at each other and see a a, a mirror, they make different choices because one of them ended up divorcing. Betty and is with someone named Sandy and up until the point of this article the other one didn't know anyone named Sandy so it's almost like because you are together now you can't live the same mm-hmm. destiny obviously you're not the That's same person super weird yeah it's a weird twist it's like when the teleporters made a copy of Riker mm-hmm. and then like they've met each other and then like the other one decided to retire or something and did something else yes exactly oh, yeah. nerd alert Star Trek <laughs> anyway so I think that definitely lends yeah, to that idea of the kind of destiny it's just a weird it's like twins are the only Real example, we can kind of see the signature of, mm-hmm. of a destiny in nature, which is real fascinating, potentially anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know how else you would explain that stuff, especially since I know that's not the only story like that. Mm-hmm. It yeah. seems like following their lives, it gives you like a, like a window into that potential idea. Exactly. Which is, yeah, it's interesting. It's kind of like if you play a video game and you could take one character and then you go to play another time or, or online or something, the same character, you have two characters that operate the same. I'm just thinking it from like a, a third person, almost program perspective. You know, like you're designed to do this this way in your course of your life. And if you're divided at the beginning and go separate ways, you continue on that same divided path for the one that was supposed to be an individual who ended up splitting at the well, beginning. Well, you can also look at it as a window into if there is such a thing as alternative realities and you have versions of people and minor changes in their experience maybe shift you know, the divergence of that other world. Mm-hmm. You know, It might be a good way to look at like, this could be what it looks like to have you as another reality. Mm-hmm. You know? But let's get into this great story of a reunion. It's a story of Judd and Harry, an epic brotherhood, as I would call it, because of the situation that occurs with their discovery of each other. 
This comes from uh, this awesome book. If you can get a copy of it, I definitely recommend it. It's called The Curious World of Twins by Vincent and Margaret Gaddis. And I love the writing style. Uh, it's pretty floral, but I love the, the, <laughs> open, the opening here. Speaking of reunion stories, and we're going to get to one of my favorites of all time here, but they start this chapter with this quote here. The romance of twins who are torn apart at birth, then united again after many years, is hoary with age. <laughs> hoary with age. I don't know what that means. I imagine it means like very... It gets around. It gets around. The story gets around. Yeah. In thatched cottages around the peat fires or in the bleak halls of castles, those marvelous strangers, the tellers of tales, the troubadours, and the ballad singers were always sure of a welcome. But the crispest chunk of the roast or the richest gift from the signor was theirs if they climaxed their repertoire. Good lord. <laughs> Lord. Very sexual. Yeah. Uh, there's a sexual the romance like, of twins. Yeah, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get there. <laughs> With a story about twins who found each other. Shakespeare himself, who was a father of twins, used the plot in several of his plays. Though weak in genetics with his identical boy-girl pairs, his audiences loved it. Even in a romantic era, that heart tug never fails. Is it possible, we wonder, that not even great differences in upbringing can make these two products of the same minute embryonic speck into total unlikes? <laughs> Very interesting yeah, written. It's fun to read, but it brings us to the story I want to do. And John... If you'll narrate, and then Jeremy and I can do the... We can play the, the twin The twin dialogue. Oh, it'd be so now, this natural. Is, this comes from the uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen collection, right? <laughs> no, it's not. That's oh, not them. Dang. So this story comes from their chapter called Twins Who Find Each Other, and I love this story. So it starts with this. It was a day for boys, a day for boyish ecstasies. For 12-year-old Judd, the Nebraska country fair was really something. He was jubilant as a jaybird, his pa would have said, and Judd's delight was in his eyes. It was the first time Pa had turned him loose at the fair on his own. He had 50 cents to spend as he pleased, and that was a lot of money to a farm boy in that depression summer in the early 1930s. So this is where the story begins. This is where the first discovery happens between these two, separated twins. Judd was super excited, never been to the fair, you know, poor kid from the country, surrounded by all these smells and sounds. You've got Ferris wheels, sword swallowers, all that crazy stuff. Fire breathers. And he's, he's running around, he's dodging left and right in the crowd, and he runs into another boy, of course. And to his surprise, it's his exact double. It's a mirror image of himself. So they, they talk over the noise of the bandstand in shock and excitement that they look so much like. They talk about both being from orphanages, and you know they're kind of joking around, like, we must be twins, right? We gotta be twins. So they spend all day together riding rides, having the time of their lives and both having these moments where they're thinking like saying the same things at the same time never met so that right there kind of washes out some of the skepticism about like if you spend time together that's the only explanation right these boys had never met and they're finishing each other's sentences and they're having the greatest time and at one point there's a quote from the book here and that was the best part of all in his whole life Judd had never been so happy his folks were good to him and he loved them but this warm feeling of oneness of another self who shared all his feelings his thoughts this was something he'd never known could happen and it lasted all day. But of course, this had to come to an end. At one point, they're throwing baseballs, they've run out of money, and they hear this woman shriek Harry's name. Harry! And Harry! she sounds angry. Get over and here. they see her, she's visibly upset. Turns out it's obviously Harry's parents. They see him with the twin. They know he was adopted. They run and grab Harry and, and take him away, and Harry turns around and he goes, So long, Jen, I'll be seeing ya. It's kind of like, I'll see you later, you know. They're expecting to spend the rest of their lives as friends, you know, as brothers, like they've made this discovery. But of course, Judd gets home and in his old poor country home, tells his parents what happened and basically says straight to his parents, 
was I adopted? And he could tell right away in their faces that he was adopted. That was yeah. the truth. And he tells them his discovery, what he found, that he met this boy. And his father explains that the farm wasn't doing well when they adopted him. They wanted to adopt the other brother, but they couldn't afford it. And there was a pair of city folks who wanted the other child. So they took him. And when Judd's like, well, now I know him. Now we can hang out. His father basically says, they're rich city folks, Judd. You wouldn't be welcome. Right. And his tone was kind of final, like that was the end of it. But the other brother didn't know that he was actually adopted. Didn't he think that he was... Yeah, well, he just we'll, so many we'll get to that here okay. in the next part here. So John, if you want to take it away with the narration here, what, what, what happens later on with the strange reunion? In the 10 years that followed, Judd never again knew a single day that could match it. He buried the hurt deep, and there it remained until the night he took refuge in a foxhole on Guadalcanal. Judd was a Marine then, and the Army had come ashore that day. By night, the machine guns, rifles, and mortars were creating a deafening roar. Suddenly, there was a flare that lit up the whole scene just as Harry, his twin, dived into the hole beside him. Well, what do you know? Maybe a little more energy because you're just dove into a foxhole. <laughs> well, what do you know? He said with a grin. How are you doing, fellow? My double, Judd. Double, he said. That told Judd that Harry's folks hadn't leveled with him. Ducking cautiously under their ponchos, they stared at each other's features in the flare of a match. Then in the darkness, they tried to bridge the years. Harry was married, he said. He had gone to the university and had been made a captain in the army. Judd felt the vast gulf between them. Harry was a long way from being a plain Marine and a farm boy at that. Judd couldn't tell him now that they were really brothers. There was no reason for Harry to be proud of him. But Harry insisted on exchanging addresses and promised to get in touch again when this damn war is over. Later that night, when the Japanese barrage had quieted down, Harry slid out of the foxhole and joined his men. And the next morning, Judd's outfit was transferred to another sector that was in August 1942. To Judd, the meeting and the entire strange night seemed like a dream in the days that followed. Nearly three years passed. It was April 1945 on Okinawa. The war had gone on a long, long time. Once again, it was dark in the midst of battle. He was lying prone behind a big rock, watching for any movement on the open ground before him. Presently, he could hear someone breathing in grunts like a man close to death. Was it an enemy soldier trying to outfox him? Knife at the ready, he crawled forward cautiously, waiting for a flare. Then in a flash of light, he saw a man in army uniform huddled in a heap. Wait, man, said Judd. I'm going back for help. I'll get the medic. Judd? The man groaned. It's you, Judd, isn't it? In the light of the next flare, Judd saw it was Harry. Blood came from his mouth when he spoke, and Judd couldn't hide from him the knowledge that it was too late to seek aid. Judd held his brother in his arms while he gasped something about his wife. Then, Gosh, Judd, I wish we were really brothers. Twins. His head dropped and his eyes closed. We are, Harry. We are. Judd cried as he held his brother close. Over and over, he repeated it. We are, Harry. We're brothers. We're twins. He told him he'd known it from the first day, but hadn't dared admit it on Guadalcanal. With Harry so far above him in rank and education, 
He talked fast now, but Harry's eyes were glazed slits and he stopped breathing. Judd knew Harry was gone and his words faded into the black, battle-loud night. Isn't that sad? That's really sad. Yeah. I heard that story years ago and it always stuck with me. So when I thought whenever we did our twin like episode. It. I know. Isn't it? Oh my gosh. I need like That's a... Sad. Like a mint. Like a <laughs> brain mint. mint. <laughs> An emotional mint. A heart mint. mint. A double mint? That's clever. Is it a real story? It's a real story. I was going to say, isn't there kind of a, a message though that he gets potentially? So the story was relayed by a doctor, by the children of a doctor. So this is kind of interesting. So after this point, there is a little bit of a silver lining, John. After this point, and I'm not quite clear on the exact details of, of this because I don't have it in the notes here, but I'll, I'll have this, this story linked. So after the war, he's either on leave or he's stationed somewhere. There's some sort of event going on where there is a portrait painter, sort of like a character artist kind of thing, but like more, you know, less fun, less funny. Sure. Yeah. Some sort of ball, officer's ball or something. And this woman's painting his picture for him, Judd, the surviving twin, mm -hmm. a lowly farm boy who never told his brother that they were twins. And as she's painting him and then, you know, hasn't smiled since his brother died. It's been a, a year or so or whatever. She finishes and he looks at the picture and he just, he breaks down and just starts crying. And she calls the doctor over. There's a doctor there. And she's, this guy's broke down. I don't know what's wrong with him. Something's going on. Can you come help? And Judd explains to both of them that, the man in the picture is looks just like his brother because the man she painted is wearing a captain's uniform. Judd is not a captain, but his brother was. So that's weird. So she painted his brother's uniform on his portrait. Right. But he doesn't think it, anything. So he looked at and saw that's my brother because he's wearing the captain's uniform and I'm just a... But he didn't think there's anything miraculous going on. Right. But ironically, the doctor of all people was the one who made the connection and said, don't you see, Harry just sent you a message. He put his image in her mind so that he could say goodbye, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. and whether or not that part is, you know, really what happened, it's it's a nice ending to it. You know, yeah. it gives a little bit of a nicer, I you mean, know. it's, if that, you know, all the things we talk about, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. The communication after death. Mm -hmm. and, but yeah, I wanted to share that story. I know it's, it's a little sad, but I think it, it's a good beginning. I mean, it's an incredible story. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's just so sad that, you know, that they didn't like. You know, the one was never told. Yeah. And they didn't get to hang out more. Yeah. Yeah. So the lesson is when you meet your unknown identical <laughs> brother in a foxhole in a world war, make sure you tell him. Or of carnival or wherever. Yeah, yeah. Or exactly. A, you know, the water cooler at the office or something. Don't let your unknown identical die without telling him. You Don't know, let him. your rank and file and worldly status. class status get in your way. Right, exactly. And anything. Yeah. So before we get into some fascinating cases of parallelism, and some of these really colorful stories about these characters, these twins that have lived not knowing each other, doing some of the same sort of strange actions. Before we get into that, I wanted to quickly talk about the synchronization, the um, the bi more biological synchronization of things occurring. For example, in Salt Lake City, one set of twin sisters became models of synchronicity, giving birth to their fourth child on the same day of the same month at the same hour as their other three children. And at Clinton Memorial Hospital, Pompton Plains, New Jersey on July 31st, 1962, twin sisters each had a set of twins on their own 30th birthday. Moreover, the two new sets of twins were born at the same hour as their mothers, about seven minutes apart. So, you Weird. know, these sort of patterns, syncretisms, and syncretisms happen a lot with twins. Uh, of course, you can always make the arguments, well, you're looking at them because they're twins. If it was right. a cousin, you wouldn't put those together. That's always the argument. Um, but Again, talking about like the outside circumstances that cause these coincidences that don't seem to be biological. You have this great case of uh, Mrs. Savetta Martin and her twin, Miss Sophia Dietrich, both wearing neck braces 
pictured in this newspaper as the result of separate auto accidents in Los Angeles. And girl twins in Lubbock, Texas, although in different cars, several miles apart, slam car doors almost simultaneously on their left hands. So this will get more dramatic when we talk about the, the simultaneous deaths and some of these oh, yeah. bizarre lineups in different parts of the world on occasion at the same time, the same sorts of accidents that happen. Just freak accidents. Final destinations. The final destination stuff. But I wanted to touch on that for a second, just talking about, you know, it's a biological thing where these coincidences, quote unquote, occur, as well as an environmental, seemingly outside their own personal affecting on the world where this stuff occurs. Just weird, weird stuff coming up. And we'll, we'll Very get strange. In. So when we come back, we'll get into parallelism. We'll tell some scandalous stories of some shady twin characters and their deeds and how they lined up unbeknownst to each other. We'll talk about apparition after death of a twin visiting. It's pretty interesting that there's a twist there. A Shyamalan sort of twist. A Shyamalan so, um, sort of Stay twist. tuned for these fascinating tales. Coming up also is Heather's story. Yes. Which is a really fascinating story from someone we know. So it has that extra level of interesting credibility. All right, we'll be back if you're lucky. join us from womb to tomb that's the chapter what? in this book it's very depressing very claustrophobic feeling as a twin reading this book especially the idea of dual destiny and all this other well, stuff the death stories are some of the most fantastic stories yeah that's probably why synchronize a death we're going to get into some of those again like i'll have a link to this book if you want to read more about it there's great examples of this when you're discussing the idea of the universe synchronizing around you not even the genetic stuff but for example akron ohio where we're very close to here had a gimmick in the 50s where you would put 17,000 fish in a pond or a lake, and then you had people fishing. Oh, yeah. And the statistics on a child, first of all, catching one of these special fish was- Ta The fish were tagged, right? Yeah, it was special like one, fish. one in 300 or something. And a, the possibility of two children was like in the thousands, the two children mm -hmm. uh, alone, just random children with no relation catching two of these fish was like one in 1,500 or 1,600 or something. But it ended up being that two identical twins- caught two of these fish, they were both bluegill and they were both the same weight. And not only that, they caught them at the same time. At the same moment. Yeah, so that's an, again an example of what seems to be like an outside force coordinating events. Fate. Fate, yeah. And, and very interesting. Which I had honestly hadn't thought about that aspect of twinness for this episode. Me either. But moving on from that, let's get into some strange tales of uh, synchronization, shall we? This first one here is I, I call scandalous synchronization. Do tell. Does someone want to read this one? Do tell as part of the title. These are quick little anecdotal ones too. A renowned German psychologist, Dr. Magnus Hirschfeld, studied twins. Robert and Peter, identical twins, were separated at seven by their parents' death. Robert went to prosperous relatives in Vienna, received a PhD in physics, and became engaged to a wealthy girl. Then, at the same age, both twins met disaster in wild love affairs. Mm. Robert became hopelessly infatuated with a prostitute and soon married her. Bad choices. 
His family and the university washed their hands of him, and when he could find no work, his wife went back to the streets to keep him. He wound up derelict. Peter, a happily married businessman, also deserted his wife for a similar woman of lush proportions. Mm, what's that description? After becoming a hopeless alcoholic, he was jailed as a thief. So it's just strange, like both having these coinciding happy lives separated at birth and then the same point in their lives have these love affairs with voluptuous lush woman. I mean, it's not quite <laughs> as analogous right. as the, was it the, same time? the gyms, for example. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, that's a kind of a minor one, I feel yeah, like. Yeah, an- another quick one I'll summarize. It was a matching murder that took place that was interesting. <gasps> in July 1958, a 21-year-old laborer stood before the judge in New Rochelle, New York, accused of the murder of a drifter. At the very same time in Mount Vernon, New York, his twin brother was arrested for killing the operator of a junkyard in a quarrel over a dog. Both murdered victims were 36 years old. So even the murder victims were the same age. That's odd. Isn't that's, that strange? That's the universe, seems like. Yeah, just just strange, strange stuff. If you want, we can skip the sympathetic ones that has that really sad story. Do the sad story. Okay. It sticks with you. So when you get to talking about sympathetic consequences, twins that hear of something, and you know, this ties into the idea of the body reacting to something, you know, what we call that. Or like a distance, you mean? Or like you, you think you're sick. Or sympathetic disease, that sort right. of thing. Like Psychosomatic. When you were asleep. Oh, yeah, I was going to tell that story. Oh, yeah. But is that what you're talking about? Well, that's, that's a little different because that's we didn't know about it. This is, you learn something and then it happens to right. you. But same idea. Mm. One you learn, one is maybe more telepathic. Yeah, we'll tell our stories, I think, at the end here, at the end of the episode. Right. Stick around but for But you're those. talking about psychosomatic. Fact. Yeah, it's kind of psychosomatic. At least it appears that way. So the first one is a short tale about a brother at sea. This is sad. In January 1956, a report from Marseille, France, told the strange story of a young British seaman. 17 years old, Michael Chilsom, on the merchant ship Alhama. He had a twin brother, Alex, hundreds of miles away in Steps, Scotland. Alex died on New Year's Day, and when Michael received the news, he succumbed to the same ailment, dying within 48 hours of his brother. Oh, weird. Yeah. So, I mean, was that genetic? Was it psychosomatic? Was it... Did it say how old they were? A 17. Oh, weird. Yeah. yeah, that's definitely weird. Didn't say what ailment. Right. If it was a genetic thing, but oh. still a time of 48 hours, pretty close. Jer, why don't you do the next one and then I'll have John get into the simultaneous death. I love how you titled this one, The Quiet Men of Dunkirk. Gosh, it's freaking sad. <laughs> With all the sadness. This is going to be an uplifting This is why episode. Chris suffered PTSD after this, this, is this episode. This a little traumatizing. He kept looking at me with these puppy dog eyes like, Are you leaving? Don't go. We'll get I into can't this. live without you. <laughs> it was more of I just... <laughs> How am I going to cope if you go? We'll just get in touch with the spirit phone people. There we go. There we go. They just actually sent out a newsletter. I don't know if you saw that. I saw one like not too long ago. I didn't seem like anything. There's some sort of uh, scientific, like the Galileo Association. I'm not sure how scientific it is, but it's some kind of round table mm-hmm. after the new book that's being released. Yeah, for those of you who don't know, we did an episode on the spirit phone, which was this technology that's being developed to talk to the other side. Actually, they're speaking of Ohio, they're in, is it Coshocton? Coshocton or something like that. And MUFON just moved to Ohio. Really? Yeah. I was becoming man. the only place to Can be. Can we go visit these places? Sure. Make an appointment. Oh, this is not relevant, but we're going to go to a place called Spread Eagle Tavern, which is apparently very haunted. They keep talking about that, but I it sounds like a dirty place, John. I know it does. But is it? It's super old. It's, is this a strip club? It's an inn. It has a long history of presidents going there. Really interesting place. Yeah. Or is it nearby? Yeah, it's 40 minutes away. Really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, definitely. We don't travel more than 40 minutes. They have <laughs> logs of people that have stayed there that write about the haunting. Oh, really? The hauntings that happened. I'm scared. I've never heard of this place. Yeah, but it would be a great, fun little episode. Yeah, we've never done like a on-location destination. It'll be fun. Let's do it. Awesome. This winter. Absolutely. Coming at you. Excellent. Yes. 
All right, the quiet men of Dunkirk. Gorsh, it's freaking sad. The story of the quiet men of Dunkirk is especially touching. Jean and Ives Delavance, 39 years old, twin brothers, led such inseparable lives that they even managed to stay in the same work camp in Germany during World War II. When they were released after the war, their parents died. They reopened the family grocery store and continued to wait on customers in identical gray sweaters and trousers. In 1954, Ives fell in love, but he did not marry the girl, oh no. Quote, to have real happiness, <laughs> I do not like reading this. <laughs> it's too close to home. A little too close to home. <laughs> to have real happiness, my brother and I ought to marry twin sisters, he said. We are still children in need of each other. I will not marry because I do not want to leave my brother. Man, my ex-girlfriend would be like, damn right. <laughs> Avoid twins. <laughs> when Ives fell ill and died, holding his twin's hand, John was so grief-stricken that he was hospitalized on the day of the funeral. Doctors could find nothing wrong, but he too passed away a week later. He probably won't live very long if Jeremy dies anyways. So. Yeah, that's all right. I've done my work here. I've done things. It's very strange, said his doctor but apparently he simply could not live without his twin. I suppose you would say that he died of sorrow. Died of a broken heart. Happy times. You know what? This guy didn't have Netflix. I'll be fine. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Netflix and grieve. But let's move away from the sadness and get to some death. Now, these are interesting. And this in a way is a little more merciful because these are deaths that occur oftentimes when the twins aren't even aware the other one has died. Again, going back to that final destination sort of thing. The first one here is a good example of... Sister hearts. Sister hearts, I call it. <laughs> two, two young women. John, do you want to read this one? Sure. The parents of identical twin sisters, Tula and Marjata Javara, said, quote, They always did the same things. Sometimes they fell ill at the same time, even if separated. They were 23 years old, apparently in fine health. But right after dinner on this winter evening... Tula complained that she felt dizzy and sick. As her father, Eno Devara, put her in the car for a hurried trip to the hospital, Marjata came downstairs from the room the twins shared. When told what had happened, she too became dizzy and collapsed. Quote, take care of Tula. I'll be all right, she assured them. She never spoke again. An ambulance got her to the hospital at about the same time as Tula arrived in her father's car. External heart massage and other efforts failed. The girls remained in a coma, and less than an hour after arrival, they both died within 10 minutes of each other. We have no explanation as yet, said Dr. Klaus Runenberg. One has heard about telepathic links between identical twins, but a case like this seems incredible. Post-mortem examinations were made, but no explanation was found beyond the original one of heart failure. Weird. So the yeah. one had heart failure and the other one collapsed and died. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. They shared a heart. Yeah. I mean, maybe there was a biological connection that was missed and no. they both died of the same thing as possible. But some of these... It's not the re- within the time period. Right. And the, I mean, it's that, again, that chronological synchronization uh-huh. that's so eerie. Mm-hmm. It's the Reaper, man. Yeah. He's got one name, one one possible. He's like, I'll just get them both just to make sure. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's like, like you, I got a date tonight. <laughs> I'm not having to come back out again. Not in this weather. We've covered those near-death experience stories, John, where it seems like almost like a mishap, and that kind of relates to this idea, Mm -hmm. where someone with the same name dies in a hospital, comes back to life of the person who eventually dies and never comes back. 
and then the person has this story about like, oh, they right. said that I wasn't the right one, even though it was the right name. It kind of relates to this, like, is there a destiny, some sort of clerical situation maybe they just, with everybody? When one went, part of their soul contract was to just leave. They weren't mm-hmm. meant to stay beyond. Right. I just meant like the name, like one guy dies, a very, he comes back, then the other guy dies yeah. of the same name. Yeah, that is strange. It's a little different, but definitely a strange instance of weird death. But mm-hmm. the idea that, you know, conversation with God, uh, I forget his name, Neil. Uh, Donald Walsh. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. I remember reading that and thinking like, it made sense, the concept, and this of course goes back through all kinds of different belief systems and stuff. But the idea that like we are all parts of, of God, pieces of, of mm-hmm. a large shared consciousness, a greater creator, whatever you want to call it. And that we are here and the purpose of being here is to like remember ourselves and that we will one day go back into that, you mm-hmm. know, you know, whatever you believe about that. But it's interesting to think that if we do come here with a soul, individual consciousness, that twins may be an example of when it just divides one more time, right? As oh, right, the conception happens with during the birth process, you get another soul split there but they're sharing the same destiny in a sense. So they either have to respond to their shared destiny and make different choices or they get separated and end up enacting the same exact destiny worlds apart. Mm-hmm. It's really yeah. interesting. Something's going on. Something's yeah. going on. Here's a quick one that kind of exemplifies that again. In Florida in 1934, two identical twins were working as high school teachers, one in Daytona Beach, the other in Miami. Florida has very heavy rainfall. And in those depression years of poor highways, after a flash rain, the sides of the roads were often berming like lakes clear up over the berm. On the day of the accidents, both men were driving alone, Charles along the highway between Delland and Daytona Beach, and Arthur many miles farther south out of Miami. Both cars were wrecked on the rain down roads. Both men were flung clear of their cars, and both were found face down in the water, so they may have died of drowning rather than their own injuries. Apparently, here again, we have twins simultaneously programmed for death. This happens at the same time. Yeah. Both thrown from their car mm-hmm. in different places. And there are crazier examples uh, of this. Uh, one in London where a guy named John Miris, 58 years old, died on April 18th, 1961, of a sudden heart attack with no previous illness. A few days later, an astonishing letter came to his address. It stated that his identical twin, Arthur, had also died on April 18th in Freetown, Sierra Leone, Africa. The brothers had been separated for 34 years. Wow. So 34 years they hadn't seen each other, and one dies in Africa, the other one dies of an apparent heart attack with no health issues. And that's a good example yeah. of the gulf of time. Like, it doesn't matter how long you haven't seen your twin, you're connected by this sort of spooky action at a distance idea, right. maybe. Now, this is a weird thing to say, but my favorite twin death story <laughs> is uh, Death Row Double Trouble. I think we have to do that one because it's such a oh, yeah, bizarre... We- And this one may be a colorful coincidence. It's pretty crazy. But it does sound like Final Destination. Perhaps the grimmest and most sensational story of dual deaths occurred some years ago in a southern prison. Twin brothers were serving time there. Gene Trumbull and Bill Maddox, the latter an assumed name. Trumbull was awaiting execution for murder. Maddox faced a 50-year stretch for armed robbery and was an electrician in the power plant of the penitentiary. Cool job for a prison, right? Via the prison grapevine, he had been sending desperate messages to the death cell promising his brother that he would somehow fix it. Basically sending secret messages to his brother saying like, I'll make sure you're not executed. executed. Okay. But the hour for the death walk came without any external evidence that Maddox would be able to effect any miracle, and Trumbull moved along with the guards and clergymen to his doom. Then as the warden read the death warrant, the lights winked out. Take him back to his cell. Something has gone wrong the warden ordered. Coincidence? No. In this old-style penitentiary, the power for the electric chair came only from the prison plant. 
A week earlier when Maddox oiled the generator, he added emery dust, hoping to burn out the bearings. On the morning of the execution, during the increasing tension of the preparation, he noticed that the bearings had begun to smoke. But would they burn out in time? As the hour approached, he snatched up a huge crowbar and heaved it into the whirling flywheel. The flywheel boomeranged the crowbar back at him, pinning him to the big knife switch that controlled the power. Weird. When the guards arrived a few minutes later, Maddox was dead from the charge that would have killed his brother, who was himself executed shortly thereafter in accordance with his sentence. Isn't that crazy? Interesting. Yeah. Maybe crazy coincidence. Tries to stop his brother's execution because he's the electrician and ends up electrocuting himself when his brother's supposed to be electrocuted. Yeah, but in a weird way where the crowbar flings from the flywheel, boomerangs around, yeah. knocks him up, pins him against That's the That's Final Destination, the movie yeah, right seriously. there. Yeah, you just see that scene. That's crazy. They were both meant to die. Yeah, it seems like it was designed. Good riddance to bad rubbish. Such a harsh judge, Sean. I'm joking. But what did they were? Were they murderers? Well, allegedly, the one was a murderer and the other guy was armed robbery. I think it's pronounced allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> he had many legs while committing that crime. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly is getting away. We don't mean to laugh at execution, but murders be murders. Sometimes you got to laugh at things to make them not as sad and scary. That was one of the least sad stories. It was. It was. The brother, he got out of prison and he didn't have to be without his brother. Which one? The one that got electrocuted first with a boomerang. Oh, he got out of prison? Well, he died. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he wasn't stuck in prison without his brother. Oh, that's true. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There, okay, there's one last story of these shared death ones I want to do. Okay. This one comes from Brent Swanser over at mysteriousuniverse.org. And this one is, I'm not sure. Well, we'll read it. And we'll see. This is an alleged account of twin simultaneous death that I think, if true, is one of the most incredible. And I kind of mentioned this earlier. Another bizarrely coincidental series of family deaths, and so this does happen with family members too sometimes, concerning road accidents appears in Phenomena, a book of wonders by Joan Mitchell and Robert J. Rickard, and happened in Bermuda in 1975, when a man was fatally hit by a taxi while riding his moped down a busy street. Exactly one year later, the dead man's brother was allegedly riding the exact same moped down the same street in the same general location when he too was hit and killed by a taxi. Spookily, this is where it gets super crazy, it was the same taxi driver. And even more baffling was that the very same passenger happened to be riding in the cab at the time of both accidents and subsequent deaths of the twin brothers. That's weird. Isn't that crazy? So that again, that, that outside thing, unless that taxi driver hated both those brothers. But why would he have a passenger? Accomplice. Yeah, both of them didn't like the guys. Yeah, maybe. But he goes on to say, car accidents are not the only culprit in these mysterious deaths, as we've talked about. In the book Chronogenetics, The Inheritance of Biological Time by Luigi Guetta and Gianni Brenzi, there is the odd case of twin brothers John and Arthur Moforth, who lived in England just 80 miles away from each other. On May 22nd, 1975, at exact same time, both the men experienced severe chest pains that saw them both to two different hospitals where they arrived at precisely the same time in the evening. You know where this goes. We've kind of covered this already. Right. Upon arrival, they both died minutes apart from the same thing. But it gets into this idea of chronogenetics, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. And all of a couple articles, if you guys want to do further reading on this, from uh, Cambridge and from another medical place, articles about chronobiology. Mm -hmm. Basically, the program states that any individual's vital cycle encoded in the genetic information is executed according to a time schedule that is the object of the study of chronogenetics. Oh, hence chrono. Right, and why monozygote twins, one zygote, right, are the best witnesses of this existence of a hereditary biology of time. Like us. Which we've been talking about here. 
because they would not be identical if they had not also inherited the times of appearance and duration. Yeah. Yeah. You get it. You Exa- get it. I don't want to go into this further, but. Exactly. Now, I want to tell a story. Can I okay. tell a short story? Sure. I just wanted to mention, because you mentioned chronobiology and illnesses appearing at the same time in people, Chris and I both had hernia at the same time. Mm-hmm. Opposite sides of the body because yeah. we were mirror twins. About four years old, I think. Now, this is how our parents told us the story. So, since we're mirror twins, I'm right-handed, he's left-handed. We had hernia, but on opposite sides of the body. And I was in the hospital with mom and dad, and they were giving me anesthesia, trying to put me under so they could perform the surgery. And while they're waiting for me, I'm not going under. I'm having trouble with anesthesia. It's just not effective. They call our grandma and grandpa to check in on Chris, who they're watching at the time. It's not his turn for surgery. And to their surprise, grandma reports that that they gave Chris macaroni and cheese for dinner and he fell asleep in it. And they hadn't been able to wake him up. He's right. out cold. I forgot about that one. Yeah. So the idea that, like, I mean, it sounds crazy, but it's what it sounds like is the anesthesia somehow was being sympathetically telecommunicated to you. Transferred somehow. And yeah. you were passed out and they couldn't get me under. Just well, a weird, weird story. Maybe like because you were too amped up, mm-hmm. you didn't respond as well because maybe you were afraid, yeah. anxious. It didn't affect you, and you like passed it on to him. <laughs> I was like, he could take it. Yeah, I'm not dealing with this <laughs> right now. It's very strange. Very weird. I mean, that is, yeah, that's a bizarre. Oh, when you're younger, I feel like with twins, I know for us when we were younger, that's we had more of these things happen kind of regularly. Like we'd always hear about grandma tickling one of us, or maybe it was mom talking oh, yeah, about yeah. this, tickling one of us in one room, get no response, and then hear the other one start cackling down the hallway. <laughs> yeah. Out of nowhere, for no apparent reason. Stuff that creeped them out as parents yeah. when we were a kid. I mean, a lot of crazy stuff. Uh, you know, we had shared dreams. We've had a couple of dreams that we had the same night, the same time, where it was like a co-op video game kind of dream where we were both playing in that, that dream. It was really weird because that happened later on in life that I actually remember. Mm-hmm. In high school, we both had a dream about our friend Rodney uh, driving a school bus being attacked by zombies. Rodney was the bus driver and we right. were in the back fighting the zombies off. We both had that dream on this, like, you know, you wake Very up bizarre. and you say, I had a weird dream, I did too. And then you find out And this is before... Walking Dead. This is before the zombie craze. I don't even wasn't even into zombies. I don't know why I was dreaming about zombies. No, we dreamed about the same night defending ourselves from this zombie apocalypse. It's coming. (laughs) Maybe it happened in a parallel world, and we were picking up on the twins from another dimension. It's very likely. Oh, the the only uh, only other dream we have, and I'll just mention this because it relates to the expansion episode. John, do you remember that we told this this once before on the show? The other dream we had where we were at Grandma and Grandpa's. We both went to sleep and both had dreams that gremlins came in through the window yes. and they were just like the gremlins in the movie in this dream. When downstairs were crawling around the picture frames above the fireplace, remember? Yeah. Were, their mom's pictures and her sisters and came up and attacked us in the middle of the night and uh, we were always like, is that a screen memory? Because we, we had it the same night. Yeah. You know, yeah. Who knows? We had seen gremlins that year maybe. I don't know. Maybe we just, for some reason, coincidentally, something in the environment caused us to dream it. But that leads us to the expansion. That's right. That's right. Access granted. John's super excited about this one. I know. I saw at the end. Oh, you saw it. Yeah. You got the preview. So you're pumped. I'm pretty pumped. I think it's going to be interesting. Tell, oh, the, tell the audience what it is. Better than I expected as a response. I mean, I love Gremlins. Aren't Gremlins awesome? We are covering Gremlins. And the first one's great. The, are we covering the film? We're or not what? covering the film. Well, of course it will be. It shall be mentioned. And there's an actually interesting connection to Mogwai. Sure, we'll reference the film. We're going to talk about the film. We're going to talk about the reality of Mogwai. Oh, which is fascinating. That sounds fun. Did you know that's actually a Cantonese word? Mm-hmm. Isn't it a demon, right? It means monster mm. in Cantonese. Cutting the cuddly sound for that. Mm-hmm. Although that's probably because I see the actual gizmo. Yeah, so it's interesting that I didn't know that that was a real thing. I mean, obviously, it's the fictionalized version of the movie is a little different, but there are some interesting connections to uh, real life stories. And then, of course, you go into the gremlin phenomenon, 
which was most popularized in World War II right. with the attacks on the planes, allegedly pilots witnessing these things, breaking down their machines. And this idea of machine demons, you know, today we still have it, like Ghost in the Machine, computers breaking down, shutting down. Interesting time if you think about it with, with Foo Fighters and the UFO phenomenon, mm-hmm. same time period. You guys remember the Twilight Zone? Mm-hmm. When there were those four exactly. features and that gremlins on the wing? With oh, John so Lithgow. creepy, dude. Mm-hmm. That's like one of the creepiest Absolutely. scenes. Turning the turbine engine, just like, just like staring out the window. And it was a creepy looking gremlin. Oh, yeah. Did you ever see the original with uh, William Shatner? The Twilight Zone? That specific mm-hmm. one? They, re- uh-uh. they remade it for the movie with John Lithgow. There's something on the wing. The gremlin doesn't look nearly as... It's like a guy yeah. in a Yeti suit, but... Yeah. yeah. Um, the one with Lithgow is terrifying. But that shot, that. that scene from the Twilight Zone, the movie with John Lithgow, that description matches almost exactly a story from World War II of what the guy saw on his wing, saying it's about three feet tall, patchy hair, gray skin, sharp teeth, red glowing eyes out on the wing trying to take his plane down. And it was interesting that there were a lot of these stories. And of course, there's different ways to potentially explain this phenomenon, but Drugs. I wanted to go into the possible... Drugs. Possible... Propaganda. Team building. Like folklore connections. I think one fascinating connection that I kind of thought might be a possible connection is out there as it sounds. It's definitely Jeremy's crazy corn a little bit, but the possible reality of, you know, we always hear about the Nazis and the occult, right? And the idea that they were harnessing some kind of other dimensional technology, right, John? Mm-hmm. Pulling other technology or given technology by entities from another world, some kind of deals, compacts going on. What if beyond that, besides gaining technology, maybe they also inherited helpers from the other side to take the technology down of the allies? You're saying these might have been interdimensional uh, allies of the Nazi war machine? Potentially. <laughs> but there was actually a study done. We'll get into this all in the expansion, but there's a study done that showed that they actually appeared to be neutral. They actually took it so seriously at one point they did a study and it seemed that all sides had encountered essentially the same number of these things. Yeah, I read that there was actually um, a organization formed within the government to study, and I think this was in England or something. It was in Europe. It was yeah, the we'll, get it, we'll get into all of these. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. But it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And it's around Christmas time. And since Gremlins, the movie, took place around Christmas, I thought it was appropriate. So we'll get a little, little holiday nostalgia, a little creepy horror fun, and some potential reality behind the machine demons and the gremlins. Absolutely. Then after this preview, stick around because we have a a great story from Heather Freaky Deaky. Excellent. Yes. We'll be back in a minute. Access granted. Looking at these gremlins remind me a lot of DMT elves. Machine elves. Clockwork elves. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminds me of. But these are nasty. Actually, yeah, I didn't put that together, but also the, I was thinking about the physical aspects of these things, but I forgot about the tinkering. Right, like the machine elves, they're called machine elves, the DMT elves, exactly. because they're seen like manipulating things, tinkering around. Gremlins, that's their thing. That's their shtick. More than any other like elf or gnome or brownie, these things are always messing with specifically mechanized machines. Yeah. You know, not cobbling shoes. And to get into what they are a little bit here, the attributes of the gremlin, they have that superhuman proficiency with machines of all types, it seems like. Specifically with the air gremlin that we experienced in World War II, reports of them being able to adhere to the outer fuselage of planes, withstand incredible temperatures, high altitudes, and the way they look, it varies a lot. Like I said, there's that kind of little people, elf type, old world description. Yeah, wearing red trousers and pointy shoes. That description seems to be the more tongue-in-cheek, but then there are accounts where they're more animalistic with hairy bodies, large pointed ears, deep red glowing eyes. More like the film. More like the Twilight Zone movie with John Lithgow, where he's on the wing. Oh, yeah. Patchy hair, gray body, sharp, gnarly teeth, and three or four feet eyes. tall. Yeah, that's a classic scene. Oh, yeah, so freaky. Do we have that scene? You want me to pull it up now? Let's do Let's it. Let's pull this sir. up, guys. This will be in the show notes. Follow along.
<laughs> Hope you like that preview. By the miracle of modern science, we are back again. Yes. Yes. So we got a story from Heather from Freaky Deaky, right? All right, so this is a great story from Freaky Deaky, from Heather of Freaky Deaky, rather. Definitely check out their episode after this because they're going to be covering some other weird freaky stories from twins. They're also mentioning the gym twins, but talking about June and Jennifer Gibbons, oh. aka the silent twins. Yeah, that's right? a fascinating story. And Sabina and Ursula Erickson, kind of creepier. I think some true crime stuff in there as well. They do some great true crime stuff. So without further ado, here's Heather of Freaky Deaky. Yeah, so not many people know that I was actually a twin. It's kind of a hard flex to be like, I'm a twin. Weird but flex, mine for sure. Yeah. Didn't make it. So nobody really knows. I was born in 91. So, like any girl that grew up in the 90s, loved the Olsen twins. It's all about Full House and all there, you know, probably where I get some of my true crime, you know, their true crime story time or what, what was I it called? Forgot that until right now, but yeah, yes. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, they had a true crime thing? We had all their movies. Remember? And I remember one day just telling my mom, like, I wish I was a twin. And she's like, well, you are. And instantly I go to the parent trap moment. Like, where's my twin? Where are we? We've been separated. And she's like, no, your twin didn't make it. Which instantly led to like a million questions, I'm sure, on my end. So here's her story on the whole thing. She's about eight weeks pregnant or so when she found out with what she thought was a singular pregnancy. And shortly after she had some bleeding, went into the doctor and they did an ultrasound and showed her where, you know, this embryonic sac was, and there was this dark coloring, and they said, you know, that's blood, there's no heartbeat, it's just not a viable pregnancy, and you're going to lose the baby. There's nothing there. And so at that time, they really encouraged her to do a DNC, just to scrape the uterine wall and, you know, normal procedure. And my mom just said, no, I want to go home and try and pass this naturally. A few weeks later, she's still saying she feels pregnant. Nothing's changed, you know. And her dad and my dad were both just kept telling her, like, you're not letting go. You're holding on to this, you know, idea of a baby and you just need to let everything go and you'll feel normal. She finally decided, I don't know what really encouraged her to go to the doctor. And she went in and they did another ultrasound and they found my heartbeat. So had she listened weeks prior to the doctor the first time, they would have terminated my pregnancy you know and i wouldn't be around crazy so like that first of all is just like the weirdest thing to think so they didn't know she was there right so yeah it was just always like you were a twin and it didn't make it and that was it i was in middle school and i don't even remember how but the school nurse learned i was a twin and she was like you know do you ever miss your twin or feel like there's this like sense of loss or like i don't belong I told her I really, I haven't because I've had a brother and a sister my whole life. So I didn't feel like I'm missing anything from it. Can I ask you, how, you said you're in middle school. Mm -hmm. So you would have been like maybe 11, 11 to like what, 14? 13, 14. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that feels like a weird question to ask a, a small child. <laughs> yeah. Know, it was like really on twin? a deep level. Like she like got all down and just like put her hand on my knee. It was just like, wow, like, no, I'm fine. Like I'm not torn up about this. It's not like I knew my twin had lost a sibling kind of thing. So I'm like, no, I just, it is what it is. You know, I don't have my twin. And then I started having dreams. And they don't happen very often. And my mom had known from the imaging when they saw me that we were most likely fraternal twins. We weren't in the same embryonic sac and everything. So we were completely separated. And so just knowing that and knowing there's a higher chance of being a male 
I don't know if that was in the back of my mind, but when I started getting these dreams, every single time, it's a boy. And his name is Henry. Henry. And I don't know if I manifested that in my brain from just having an H name being Heather. Oh, I think about that. Yeah. But it's never different. It doesn't vary. It's always a boy and his name is Henry. And when I have had the dreams, it's like in middle school, he was that age I would be in middle school. And then when I'm older, if I've had one, he's older and he always looks... Like you're growing together. Crazy. You can see like we're both tall, you know, slender frame, but it's a male me. It's weird to think about like seeing yourself in a different gender, but it's, again, the skeptic side if you're thinking manifesting that in your head, but then also you read so many stories about how twins are so connected and that connection runs deep that it starts to kind of freak me out. And I'm like, maybe, maybe it really is my twin reaching out. I don't know. Do you remember any of these dreams? Do you remember what happened in any of these dreams? Or do you just remember seeing someone? It's always like I just see him and like we're doing stuff together. My family's there too. Like it's like he's in there normally with their family kind of thing. Like he just fits right in yeah. like a piece of the puzzle. Just yeah, like, just like that missing yeah. family member you didn't know about. And then at the very end, it's always, I can't be here. I've got to go. And then I wake up. Ooh, then borrowed time. It's weird. And it's weird because it's like almost in like life. He wasn't meant to be here. He can't be here. And it just leaves me with this weird, eerie feeling. Like when I wake up, it's so real that I'm confused and like looking around and it feels so real. Like we were really like talking and having that connection in like a dream state. Yeah, that is weird. The, the I can't be here thing. Yeah, because it's always known. Like I can't be here. I'm not supposed to be here. Like this isn't my time. Yeah. And then I wake up. And of course, like my dad and my husband have always teased me growing up saying I'm like a twin eater. <laughs> so a lot of times, like I even looked this up, like vanishing twins are a thing. It wasn't until 1945 that they actually discovered. And it's usually something's wrong with the baby itself. It's just not viable. It's not going to happen. And then either the body absorbs it or they say twins, you know, and I'm six foot tall. So the butt of the joke in my family has always been like, well, you're so tall because you ate your twin. And that's just the <laughs> running joke in our family. But yeah, like I said, it's really crazy and weird to have these dreams where they feel so real. And I'm I'm one that really doesn't remember their dreams very often. But if I close my eyes, I can picture what I've seen of him in my dreams. And like I said, every time it doesn't change. There's no difference in name. There's nothing. It's the always up the with same. You. The growing up with you and thing that, is weird. And that's weird to me too. Like I can't make heads or tails of how he's changing. It went from like young teen to teenager. I don't think I've had one in a couple of years, but like adult was the last I remember. And two, three years ago. And like I said, I just, I'd understand if it was something like my mind manifesting it, if it was something I was really deeply consciously thinking of. But honestly, I don't think of myself as a twin and I don't ever think about it because how can you miss something you didn't know? You know, I was six years old when I found out. So it wasn't like something I, my mom talked about it or knew or mourned the loss of the other baby she didn't have. It was just like, we didn't talk about it. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't until I said, I wish I was a twin that she brought that up. So maybe it is my twin out there. There's so many stories of creepy twin instances and connections and how that bond runs deep. It definitely makes you start to think. Stranger things have happened. For sure. If I have any weird dreams now, I'm going to probably wake up and like <laughs> write it right down as much as I can remember. Do it. Keep tabs. So Henry, if you're out there, come visit. 
Oh, that's oh, cool. Like that. Great ending. Yeah, the vanishing twin thing is interesting because you'll have sometimes two sets of genetic information in the same oh. person. Anyway, yeah, fascinating story. Yeah. I love that he yeah. seems to grow with her at an age. And that he's always on borrowed time. Yeah. You know, like I can't be here. I think it's very possible that, that he exists, yeah. you know, and is reaching out to her. I, I think the one near-death experience, the guy, even Alexander, he didn't know he had a sister. Mm-hmm. Oh, is that right. the neurology or neuro- Yeah, he's the, surgeon? the brain surgeon. I don't know if he's a surgeon, some kind of neuro... I think he's a neurosurgeon. Brain scientist. And he was in a deep coma for like seven days and there was like nothing going on in the brain. From whatever this was, there was supposed to be zero brain activity. Anyways, he had this incredible, epic near-death experience that just lasted forever, went to all these places. And not to spoil it, but... It's like a spirit guide, right? The guide, I think, in a lot of the scenarios... The Cuba Gooding Jr., the, right. From a, the, but it was a girl. And then he, you know, survived. And at some point he saw her picture. I don't remember if yeah. he didn't know he had a, a sister. I don't think he knew. He didn't know, but it somehow it came up later and it was her. Yeah. It was the girl in the dream, in the series of experiences he had. Yeah, like blew him away. Right. And that was the thing for sure he knew it was it was a real thing. Because yeah, that's, that's evidence that how, there's no way he would have right. known and seen I mean, that And there was person. a lot to it, but that was kind of... So, I mean... I think especially familial ties, I believe that life goes on after this and we have these familial connections that last forever. Yeah. yeah. These cotets, these Maybe he just wasn't supposed to be here in this lifetime, but they have a deep connection that she's not totally that aware sibling of. connection. There's a, I'll link it in the show notes. There's a really fascinating study on twins specifically for reincarnation and these cycling soul mm-hmm. groups. Oh yeah. In interviews with twins who claim to have been reincarnated and who they were before and if they were the twin or if they were like some other relative. Really fascinating. I'll link that. But this ties perfectly into our very last short anecdote here. Yeah. So thanks to Heather and Henry. Yes. Yeah. Thanks. Great story. And, and Scott. Scott. That's the other voice you heard. Yeah. Check out Freaky Deaky guys. Great uh, comedy paranormal show. I highly recommend Absolutely. It. Absolutely. Okay, so this last story is an apparition at the time of death, which is thankfully a consolation that it's something that occurs with twins kind of regularly, identicals especially. Oh, I'll haunt the crap out you of you. You better haunt me. I'm haunting you, boy. <laughs> it's a weird threat. Weird flex, bro. If Chris dies first, he's going to be like, come with me. You're going to like hold <laughs> on to Pulling me down. Taking his soul out. I'm going to suck your soul out. Not like this. I'm scared. I always told Jeremy I would invade him. And I would just live vicariously in like his That'd be ear. Really weird to have a split personality of Chris inside That'd be Jeremy. So weird. You know how many times I've thought, especially because of the weird stuff with twins, like the uncanny. For example, this is a great quick anecdote, John. I would think we've told you this before. You know how we, we relate things weirdly, similar relations, like, oh, this smells like oh, this is great. the craft cabin in 1993 or something. Just very weird. Oh, like that tastes like Miss Plasky's glue, you know, like very right. specific things. We just randomly both Why feel. are you eating glue? You know what I mean? We've all tasted it. But so this, I, I don't know if we told you this, but one of the weirdest, and I like this one because this happened recently. You haven't heard this yet. We haven't. He hasn't heard this. This relates to you. We were in mom and dad's kitchen, and I don't know why, but Jeremy and I both noticed a deer running up through the cornfield, bounding, the bounding. This this beautiful innocent deer is bounding up the cornfield, and we and both at the exact same time, both at the exact time, we both said in unison, "Why, why does, does that, that remind me of John? John? A deer, a deer bounding, <laughs> a deer, deer bounding up through the field." We don't know why. And mom was like, what? It's in stereo. She was, you know, in shock. Assuming because it was an athletic, yeah. you know, very natural Beautiful. beast in the wild. Like Elegant amazing. yet strong. <laughs> but why would we say that in the exact same way at the same moment? Do you know what I mean? Like that, those are those right. uncanny that moments. Specific that specific thought. Is, that is definitely Like is strange. that program? Like was that supposed to happen in that moment? Like, but these sorts of things always made me wonder from time to time, am I delusional? 
are people just playing along with the fact that I I have a Jeremy twin brother when in reality it's just me talking You're to myself? Clinically insane. Because and- you st- I've had these thoughts before. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I don't exist. Anyway, I don't know why I brought that up, but there, there was some reason. In reality, there's up. no one here in this chair, and John's just playing <laughs> along. Right. I thought and about John that. John actually hires a voice actor. I thought I'm about just that. a voice actor. Because you said multiple personality disorder. I have thought about that before. Like, what if it's just a personality? Uh, I hope you're real. <laughs> I hope you're real. <laughs> that, that reminds me of... I do a show with my brother. I what should, brother? Oh, he's right there. John's just pocketing your third of the income from the show. <laughs> <laughs> Pays a little bit to the voice actor. This <laughs> goes to him. <laughs> that reminds me of the... We've talked about this before, where we've experienced either editing back or listening back to the show. We'll say the exact same things while editing or mixing that we said live on the show. Almost like we are pre-programmed oh, to yeah. say certain I mean, things. I do that all the time when I'm listening back. Like exact thoughts, statements. It's weird. Right. Eerie, yeah. All right, so this last story is a little consolation for the sadness. It's an apparition at the time of death. We've talked about this before. Crisis apparitions are some of the most well-known and most reported spirit communication. And then this one is told by the well-known Washington News newspaper woman, Ruth Montgomery. It involves a twin. Loy Henderson, a former United States ambassador to India, Iran, and Iraq, had an identical twin brother, Roy. Loy and Roy? No thanks. Loy and Roy. With whom he had a very close bond. In their youth, they were seldom separated. But when World War I broke out and both tried to enlist, the army rejected Loy. So Roy Henderson was sent to Fort Riley while Loy went to Estonia for the Red Cross. Shortly afterward, Roy was released from service in order to have an infected kidney removed. He returned to Harvard while Loy stayed on after the armistice in command of a Red Cross until dealing with Russian ex-prisoners. Sanitary conditions were terrible and Loy became very ill. Lying in the hospital, he was overcome by the conviction that he was dying. Immediately, a vision of Roy appeared by his bed. They talked of their grief at parting and said goodbye. Then Roy vanished. But to his great surprise, Loy recovered. Three days later, he was taking a bath when his colonel called through the door that a cablegram for him had just arrived. Instinctively, Loy knew that it bore word of his brother's death and stated that he didn't want to open it. The colonel, of course, declared this was nonsense and offered to read the message. A stupefied silence followed. Sure enough, Henderson's twin brother, Roy, had died following an infection from an extracted tooth at the same hour as Loy's farewell vision in the hospital. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. So okay. to break that down quickly, two twin brothers separated. One is certain he's dying and has a vision of his brother visiting him and his brother's comforting him about, you know, they're going to be separated. He's certain that he's dying. He's ill with this kidney infection. He recovers. And then he gets a telegram and he knows his brother had died. But it's just crazy because like, he thought he was the one that was dying because he was suffering from this infected kidney. But it was a spirit apparition of his brother who had already died. Yeah, that's who had died that same hour of an infected tooth far away. Just bizarre stuff. Go to the dentist, people. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, really, really weird. Goosebumps type stuff, guys. There's a lot, of, a lot of high strangeness in this one. Absolutely. And a lot of sadness, to be honest. Yeah, you know, it's a lot of real life. But there's, there's joy in the sad. I know. mean, I guess the sadness is kind of circumvented by how weirdly connected everything is. Right. And then the yeah. hope of more to come. Right. And again, how it's, it becomes a lens for humanity itself mm-hmm. and singlets too, not just multiple. The connectiveness of people, right. consciousness, souls, spirits. Family. And when Chris got sad, we are the world. What I like to think if someone, you, you know, you've lost, I don't know, it's kind of a, maybe a serious moment, but even though you can't see that person again, can't spend time with that person, you always have the moments you did spend time together. You know? So if I go, Chris, 
That's this happened. Not comforting at all. Yeah, that's not comforting. It is though, because that's you, like a, the grand- you never really lose anybody. Is what I'm saying, because you always have them with you. You have memories, which is sadness. But we know that time happens all at once in the quantum reality. It's right. not linear. We just experience it linearly, and you'll see them again. So you you never really that lose anyone. Been a better way to that say that would have been a better way to say it. You never really lose anyone. You remind me of the guy who did the funeral for grandpa. Yeah, yeah, Pastor like, Penguin. We don't talk. visit the grave. He's not here. He's not looking down Life on you. Life is meaningless. <laughs> You'll see him again, I contend. I just meant that, you know, you never really lose anybody. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Good good work there. All right, shall we thank some <laughs> okay. some uh, patrons of the show, some expansion members? Yes, thank you to all our expansion members. You guys keep it going. You keep the show going. We want to do this full-time eventually so we can be here fully present and put out more content and just be able to be fully invested in the whole. And, and the only way that's going to happen is from people like you. So we thank you earnestly and wholeheartedly. Absolutely. Yes, and if you're not an expansion member yet, be sure to sign up. You get double the content, double the fun. And we have some fun stuff planned this new year, 2022. Yes, we do. We've got the new video studio. Yeah. Look forward to some fun new additions to the show. Yeah, we're gonna we're looking at maybe doing some additional tiers, more types of content, video content. More direct contact with us on... Ooh, how direct? Well... I'm thinking Real of, direct. <laughs> and for those of you who have not heard your name yet, it will be read eventually. So hang in there, getting through the backlog. And soon we'll be offering a tier where that changes and where if you sign up for a certain tier, you can you will be thanked at the end of the show. To this date, anyone that signed up will have their name read. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Once the new tier is available, that will change because we we just we can't keep up with the We're names, like which is a behind. good problem to have, and we thank mm-hmm. you guys, but you know, we don't want to take up the whole show. Yeah, plus like the last 10 minutes. <laughs> like, thank <laughs> like, you. So. All right, let's without do it. further ado. Be-ba-ba. All right, welcome. <clears throat> well, that's that's <laughs> All right, welcome to the whole Logan LaCapria. Oh, hello, gracious man. Sweetness, Jesus. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Fancy name. Welcome to Julian Avila or Avila. Hello, hello, Julian. Welcome to the whole. We like you. <laughs> it's getting creepy and soft. Uh, welcome to Austin Stein. Austin, Austin Stein. Austin yes. Stein. Welcome, sir. Welcome to have you, Austin. Yes. yes. Welcome to Carrie Acosta. Hello, Carrie Acosta. You will not be accosted when coming into the hole. Jim That's right. Acosta is from CNN. That's right. I swear that we had that name before you said that exact thing. Uh, welcome to Colin Sewell, or Sewell, if you will. Welcome, mm. Colin. I see you well, sir, and I see you well here. Good interesting, you. interesting. Thank you for your patronage. Mm. Come on down to the hole and get yourself buried. Creepin' Erin. Creepin' Erin. Mm. That is a crazy name. I like it. I think I said that right. Erin or Erin? Just creepin'. Awesome. Erin. I would say Erin. E-I-E-I-R. E-I-R? E-I-R. Maybe. Creepy Erin. I like it, though. It's an elf name. Maybe it's Erin. Either way, welcome to be here. Awesome. Uh, Courtney, <laughs> Courtney McBoo. McBoo, we're getting some fun ones today. <laughs> Courtney McBee, capital B. Welcome, Courtney. Thank you for entering the hole. Yes, thank you so much. Uh, Desmond Sanchez. All right, Desi Thanks, Des. Desmond. We're happy to have you. Sanchez and it up. Rachel Guzman. Ooh, hello, Guzman. Rachel. I'm sorry. Uh, Rachel Ann. Rachel Ann is how you would say wow. that. Wow. <laughs> Rachel Ann Guzman. Hi, Rachel. Yes. Great to have you here. Welcome, Rachel. Thank you so much. We love you. Awesome. Come get your whole dug out. Robert Taylor. Cherry. No, no, no. no. Uh, that sounds bad. Not good. No. Come on down and have a good time. Robert Taylor. Welcome, Welcome Taylor. to the hole. Robert Taylor, Diddy Nailer. Yes. What? <laughs> Is that like an old school <laughs> rhyme? I like it. I like yeah. it. Welcome, For Robert. All the Robert Taylors in the world. Great to have you, Robert. Really appreciate yes. it. Um, Bobby Brafford, you are welcomed into the hole. Ooh, I like Bobby. I like the alliteration there. Comic book. Entrenched and stunned by those in the hole, Bones Titus is here. Bones Titus. Ooh, I like it. Titans of the bones. Masterful, heavy name. Good syllables, too. 
Nancy Jackson. Welcome to the hole. Welcome. Nancy Jackson, you sly devil, you. Not to be outdone by Tyler Hardy. Yes. Ooh, Ooh. Is he a boy? Hardy Boys? You know, the mysteries. He own the Hardy wow. franchise. Great reference. Sorry, You're guys. so good with references. <laughs> awesome. Welcome to the hole, Tyler. Yeah. It's been a long episode. It has been. But thank you so much for being here. Yes. And finally, our last name for this episode. Hang in there if you haven't heard yet. Mm. The princess of the hole, Diana. Mm. Oh, welcome, welcome to be Diana. here. Diana, welcome to be here. We love you. We love you. All you guys, thank you so much. If you haven't heard your name yet, stick around. We'll get through these. That's right. Um, and guys, sign up now for the expansion if you want your name read at this tier level, because that is going to be changing in the near future. Yes. Uh, but thank you to be here. Thank you to be we, here. We appreciate you. Put that on any phrase you might like. Welcome to be here and learn it up. For those of you special expansion members, make sure to join us in the expansion. We got a fun one today. <laughs> it's going to be fun. Yes, I'm we do. I'm looking forward to it. And I don't really look forward to any of this. That's true. <laughs> it's not true. That's I'm just awful kidding. to we say. To I'm just John, kidding. We pumped John full of drugs before he comes in. <laughs> an assortment of I'm candies laid out. Meth and all sorts of needles. Casmatapine and gigrosylin. No, it's just mostly uh, seltzer water is my drug of choice. Occasional energy drink. No, I thought this was really interesting today, and I, I am pumped for the Gremlins one, too. Who would be pumped for Gremlins? I think the, True Tales the of Bigfoot Terror. one was pretty fun. Yeah. It was. You know, sometimes the weird ones surprise you. Yeah, and for those of you not signed up the expansion yet, just so you know, and this is not a sales pitch, some of the expansion episodes, I would say, on the majority, end up being my favorite episodes. Oh, they're oftentimes over more, the main feed episode. They're a little less formal. Yeah. We feel less pressure to get through all the material points, so it's more casual, but still packed with interesting Yeah, they're definitely, stories. they're for sure not like a step down from what we're doing. They're like right. an addition. They're an addendum, an, an expansion, expansion. If you will. And you're missing out if you're not signing up, so. Yeah. Just as rich with sound not design. Not a sales pitch, but you're missing out. <laughs> Don't Do sign now, up or you well, will we die. Gotta, we got to plug the hole. Right. <laughs> wow, okay. I didn't mean to say it like that, but it came out that way. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for being here. Uh, hope yes. any of you twins out there enjoy this episode or those We've that are interested. got to pay for Jeremy's gambling addiction. He's Come got on. some sharks That's coming true. after him. They don't know where to find me. The hole has a P.O. box, sir. That is so weird. You said that, dude. My dream last night was that Jeremy and I were being chased by goons. They were, and they were gambling goons because <laughs> no. the, I swear to God, I swear to God, this is, I, I told you this a little bit this morning. The dream was we were in some weird motel and some guy in the motel room next door is, come on in, come on in, come on in. And he had, he was putt putt golfing in the, in the motel room. And he's like, I bet you I can sink this hole in the next putt or something, or you won't be able to or something. And I noticed his friend behind him leaned down and put like a, something down over the hole and then I called him out because they had plugged the hole dude that's so weird had plugged the hole with <laughs> fake sod <laughs> with fake sod strange. that's that so weird, weird and then but and we called him out they ended up chasing us plugged these, the so hole. these gambling goons <laughs> ended up chasing us me and you away John you were there too ended up chasing us away after I called them out for plugging the hole that is bananas we'll dude we to listen that's to that weird, back dude. just to, yeah. to figure out Process what was that. just said oh my that's gosh weird that's weird too because in the, in the gremlins that's episode, a live was, moment synchronicity I was researching the Cantonese mythology of the Mogwai and they talked about water dragons and they talked about the I guess the gods in that area or the divine reigning ruler at the time that is credited with controlling water and the floods the deluge right. then a specific paragraph on that that I was reading that caught my attention was how different animals and different flood stories plugged the hole it's really weird. just popped in my head That's last crazy. night. It's, it's weird. There are no Too coincidences. Too bad the people that left before the thank yous because yes. they missed an they interesting They missed ending. a live synchronicity. Yeah. Huh? yeah. Well, very bizarre one for sure. Gambling goons, but keep your eyes out. Jimmy, you gambling? Anyways, stay tuned for the expansion, <laughs> guys. It's kind of gamble. gamble. I don't have much to gamble, though. Uh, All right, guys, we love you. Stick around for the expansion, and for those who haven't checked it out, go check out Freaky Deaky. 
They're oh, great yeah, people. Definitely. Great. Every entertainment sure. podcast, their YouTube videos are pretty hilarious. I gotta yeah. say some of their clips are off the hook funny. So if for check some them reason out. you are watching this on YouTube, give it a give us oh, a yeah. thumbs up. Why not subscribe to us on YouTube and, and like every video? Go leave us a review on iTunes. I think we are gonna offer to read those at some point. Yeah, we're gonna people... start reading reviews because we, we get them and they're great. Even the bad ones. Oh, our last thing I want to say <laughs> the bad ones, yeah. That's what I want to say about YouTube specifically is if you are a listener, which the vast majority of you are listeners on your favorite podcast platform. Take a moment, hop on YouTube and hit subscribe. You don't want to miss out on what's soon going to be a growing channel of different sorts of videos. Content you can't um, get here. Also, it helps us out a lot to hop on there and hit subscribe. Yeah, we need the algorithm to work for us a little better. Get us up there. But yeah, we're going to be doing more video content, so it'll be a place to go. I'm excited. So subscribe. All, All right, guys. guys. Thank you so much. Have and a we'll good day. We'll see you next time. Yeah. Bye-bye. On the belief hole. we got reggae in here. The <laughs> 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 belief hole. All right. All right, guys. We'll see you next time. Unbelievable. Drop it, John. It's in that Dropbox I mentioned. Yeah, I have it. Cool. You ready? Yeah, one second here. Yeah, so not many people know. Hold on. Yeah, so not many people. Okay. Yeah, so not many people know. Oh, good lord. I'm actually a twin. Kind of a hard flex to be like, I'm a twin. Weird but flex. But mine for sure. yeah. didn't make it, so nobody really knows. Um, <laughs> I was born in '91. Me out. So like any girl that. Grew up in the 90s. <laughs> Loved the Olsen twins. It's all about Full House and all their, you know, probably where I get some of my true crime, you know, their true crime story time or whatever. What was I it called? forgot that until right now, but yeah, yes. I loved that show. <laughs> yes, sir. And I remember one day just telling my mom, like, I wish I was a twin. And she's like, well, you are. And instantly I go to... Oh my god, that's so weird. Okay. Like, the parent... I never get sick of the pitching things down. And it just makes everyone sound like they're on drugs and also, like, really weird. And I just... And I always wanted to be a twin. Huh. Yeah, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and my mom was like, you are. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna put that as an outtake after the, uh, <laughs> the music. And she was like, you are. I always wanted to be a twin. We're still, still rolling here. Thank you. You are. You are.